Start off this week with a little bit of gloating because, man, does it feel good to be right. Welcome to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, and we're talking about Kevin Harvick, plus 400 as the favorite last week. We talked all about him, how he looked like a sure thing, and at times in the Michigan race, it really didn't look like it was a sure thing, even though it felt like it beforehand. He dropped down a lot of different chaos and folded at the end of that one. But as people ran out of gas, Harvick was coming through the field and ended up being on top at the end and actually won quite comfortably to give us, who cashed in at plus 400, the win and the money. So it pays to be right in this game for sure. We talked last week about how we were going to switch up the strategy from sprinkling out the bets on a lot of different people and how it would make sense to go all in on one person. I did that with Harvick, and it ended up working out, so that was good. Almost had a really big payday. had Paul Menard finishing the top 10, and he was 10th to start that last lap, and I still have not been able to figure out exactly what went wrong. I'm assuming, just like a lot of other guys, he ran out of gas. And then we put in, a, we talked about it on the podcast how it would make sense to put in that four-driver parlay. I actually did it and uh, just missed. And the, the weird part of that one was that Kyle Busch was the one that actually cost me that payday. Uh, he finished sixth to Martin Truex's third place, so that ruined that parlay. But I digress. That was Michigan. All in all, a good day when you can pick the winner in NASCAR. It's tough to do. But now it's time to talk about the race coming up this week, and it's definitely one of the best races on the NASCAR schedule for sure. That is the Bristol night race. A lot of conversation online and even the, the talking heads on TV talking about, well, what would NASCAR do if they did something like golf or you had four majors? This race is always in that topic, and I would have to agree. It's definitely one of the most fun to watch, and therefore one of the most fun to bet on because this is the type of thing where you think somebody's out of it and then, oh, my God, you know, at the end of the race here, somebody is coming back, driving through the field. So we're going to talk about Moneyline picks to win. We'll talk about Moneyline to finish top 10. We'll get into some head-to-head matchups, um, all talking about the Bristol Night Race. And then at the end, just like last week, we're going to talk about a, a topic that I have, a little bit of a rant uh, of how to make gambling on NASCAR a little bit better if you're the sports books or NASCAR. So let's get to it. The conversation when we're talking about winning at Bristol, I think, starts and ends with Kyle Busch. Um, he is the guy. He's got eight wins there, and every time, I mean, everyone talks about the sweeps. He won the trucks, Xfinity, and Cup in one weekend a couple times there. And uh, it was weird because NASCAR put something out on Instagram this week with four drivers uh, said, like, who's the best driver at Bristol? And they left Kyle off and the fans went ballistic in the comments, which is actually funny to see because most of the time people are shitting on Kyle Busch. But um, he is the guy. And when we're talking about gambling, the books, I think, are starting to come around because when the lines came out, he was heavy favorite, plus 245, which is 
absurd when you think about winning in this series. And the weird part about it, or the, the surprising part, may not be that he was plus 245 and the favorite, but it was that the next best driver was plus 700. That's right, plus 700. That difference is unlike anything I've seen all year as I've been paying attention to it. So very heavy favorite coming into it, and it makes a curious case for Kyle Busch because now we're getting back to that same conversation we had last week with Kevin Harvick. Do you put all of your eggs in one basket? 245, if it remains that at the drop of the green flag, is not the type of value that I'm willing to get out of a bet on a NASCAR race. I need more bang for my buck. And because of that, I started thinking, okay, well, I need need to find reasons to not bet on Kyle Busch uh, because it, it makes all the sense in the world to bet on him. All the TV analysts are going to be taking Kyle Busch. You know, they're going to talk about how he's got eight wins there, blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's figure out a reason not to bet on him so we can kind of feel good about sprinkling it in on uh, some other drivers or going all in on an underdog. So when you're looking at the last 10 races um, on the Racing Reference website, he only has raced nine of them because he was injured one year. So one of those races, rather. And the thing about it is, in the last 10 races, which is essentially five years, Kyle, either he has three wins in that span, but he also has four DNFs. So he's really the definition of checkers or wreckers at Bristol in the last five years. And to me, that with all you know, the fact that there's going to be 39 other drivers or 38 other drivers on the racetrack... Anything could happen. Something could go wrong with his car. Some idiot could run into him. I feel like there's too much of a risk to go all in on somebody at two plus 245 when we're staring at that type of history. On top of that, if you look at best average finish of those last 10 races, Kyle, I mean, probably because of those DNFs, is 19th overall. I mean, that is a terrible number. For someone that, you know, we're all holding in such high regard when it comes to Bristol. I mean, if we're looking at these numbers, I have them pulled up right now. He's averaging finish of 19.9 on the racetrack. So that combined with the the checkers or records thing, I'm I'm holding off on Kyle Busch and we're going to go look at some of these other drivers. So let's do that now. The next guy up is plus 700 and that's Joey Logano, but we're going to put a pin in him for just a minute because I want to talk about him with somebody else in the field in just a little bit. So the next guy, though, is Kevin Harvick. He's our winner from last week. We talked all about him. He's plus 750, which is phenomenal value. But I'm holding off on Harvick. Uh, I don't like back-to-back winners, just a gut thing. But also, watching practice and qualifying today, Harvick did not stand out to me. He's, you know, top 10 in the speed charts. He's starting eighth, I believe. But I think that's right where he's going to finish, right in that area of maybe five to ten. I don't see Harvick jumping up and, and winning back-to-back races at Bristol. So that's just my feeling. I'm, I'm going to stick to it. Then we're looking at the next guy in line, and I'm very conflicted on this one because I'm seeing Kyle Larson's name with plus 850 next to it, which you would think that is great value for Kyle Larson. But then you look at the actual numbers. His history at Bristol, it's okay. I mean, it's very meh. You know, he, he's got two top fives, five top tens in the last 10 races. 
that's not, you know, it's it's good. It's nothing special. He's definitely not high up on the average finish chart. And looking at practice and qualifying today, I mean, he finished on the outside front row, so second in qualifying. But if you look at the speeds in practice, I'm, you know, if I'm going to make that case that I just made against Kevin Harvick, I kind of have to stick with that with Kyle Larson as well. I mean, he, he was even worse than Harvick in practice, especially when you look at the, the different lap averages, 5, 10, and 15. So I'm, I'm, my head tells me not to bet Kyle Larson, but my gut may win out on race day and just say, you know what, I'm going to go for it. Plus 850 is not bad for Kyle Larson. He's due. Maybe today is the day that you know, he breaks through. But all the stats are telling me no. And now I realize as I'm walking through this and I'm getting into some dangerous territory because in the past, whenever I've bailed on the favorite of that week and I chose to go with sprinkling out my bets on other drivers, I've usually done the drivers that are higher up on the the money line list. But this next guy, Martin Truex, he doesn't really do it for me either this week. He's got a very bad track record in the last five years at Bristol with one top 10 nothing else, not good. He's starting third, which that's great, but I, I just feel like he is not the guy. I mean, we know his history with short tracks. He finally got a short track win recently. I feel like the Bristol night race with all the eyes and all the attention on you is just not going to be the spot where he you know, breaks through and, and proves that he can really drive consistently on short tracks. So I'm holding off on Truex too. But now let's get to some people that I actually like, all right? Because I realize I'm putting myself out there right now, hating on all these guys right now, uh, and they all could make me pay. But the next guy has phenomenal value, and that's Denny Hamlin. At the moment... He's plus 1,200, which is absurd. I would imagine after just clinching the poll that that number is going to go down. The books are going to adjust that line as well as people hammering that if anyone's seeing that. He's starting on the poll. He performed decent in practice. He was the fastest in practice one. His averages in practice one weren't great. And then in practice two, he was right around like 15, 16 as far as one lap, but his averages for 5, 10, and 15 were top five level. So he is somebody, he's, he does well on short tracks. We know his history with Martinsville. Short tracks are his thing. He can do it starting on the pole, not to mention the fact that he is the hottest driver in the field right now with five top fives in a row, including a win at Pocono. So I don't see why you wouldn't. You'd have to be batshit crazy to not throw something on Denny Hamlin at plus 1,200. If he drops to around plus 700, I'm still taking him. I think he is a phenomenal pick this week, and, and I got to go with him. You got to throw that on top of the fact that his girlfriend and mother of his child uh, was on the new show Racing Wives last week and was chopping it up with the ladies at dinner. She wasn't taking any shit. She was actually dishing it out. So you got to love that on top of it. So, I, you know, when you're gambling on stuff, you got to take in everything and even shit like that. You know, it just gets the juices going. Speaking of Racing Wives, one of the main character's husbands, Kurt Busch, is next up on the list. They have him going off at plus 1,300. And just like his brother Kyle, he's a curious case this week because he 
has a great history there, won the Bristol Night Race last year, finished second at Bristol in the spring, so the guy can wheel at that racetrack. He's qualified fourth, but his practice today was not that strong. His lap averages were, you know, late teens, early 20s, um, and I just didn't like what I saw out of practice. But when I'm thinking about his history, when I'm thinking about you know, it's the fact that it's Kurt Busch and he's plus 1,300 at a track that he does well at. It's really a, a conundrum, if you could say that. It puts you in a bit of a pickle. I'm going to say probably on race day I'll throw something small on him and just hope that I hit, but I'm not going to expect him to be the winner on Saturday night. So now we're going to actually jump to three drivers all at once, Team Penske, Overall, together, I'm going to talk about all three of these guys in one shot here. So I skipped over Joey Logano earlier. He's going off at plus 700 at the moment. We're up to Brad Keselowski on the list. He's plus 1,300. And Ryan Blaney at the moment is plus 2,000. Now, I think Logano and Blaney are very good value picks. In practice one, Joey Logano dominated the averages. He was just on fire in practice one. And in practice two, it was all Ryan Blaney. Five-lap average, 10-lap average, and 15-lap average. Ryan Blaney was top of the charts. So you got to hand it to both of these guys. I would take both of those two, plus 700 for Logano and plus 2,000 for Ryan Blaney. Now, they're both starting right next to each other at 11th for Logano and 12th for Blaney. Um, I would avoid Brad Kozlowski. Don't like what I'm seeing out of him this week. He's qualified like 13th. He's practicing right around there. His averages weren't great. His practice times by themselves weren't great. So I'm going to avoid, if you're looking at all three of these guys, Kozlowski's right in the middle in terms of you know the money line at plus 1,300. I'm going to bail on him, and I'm going to go all in on Logano and Ryan Blaney. But on top of that, I have a couple of little things that have happened to me this week that just has me all over these guys in addition to what I'm seeing on the racetrack. On Monday, I had, uh, you know, the wife and I, we went out and we got some some fast casual uh, dining with Payway, all right? And with our meals, we got some fortune cookies. And with my fortune cookie, it gave me my lucky numbers, and the lucky number that it gave me on Monday, before all of this practice and qualifying, number 22. I'm not really a Joey Logano fan. He reminds me of Sidney Crosby, and Crosby, as a Philadelphia Flyers fan, drives me nuts. So whenever I see Logano, I cringe. He laughs at his own jokes. He's one of those guys who like thinks he's good on TV, but you know, really, he's more cringeworthy than anything. But... So that means for me to be saying this, it, it really means a lot. I got 22 as my lucky number on my fortune cookie, so that told me right away I got to put money on Logano. In addition to that, earlier today, as I'm coming home from work, I'm pulling down the street, and I almost got bulldozed by a Penske van. Legitimately, he had to slam on the brakes. Now, he was in the wrong, and slammed on the brakes... I, if, if that's not God telling me, trying to hit me over the head with Penske, Team Penske, I don't know what is. It almost makes me want to just throw some money on the two car, even though I told you guys I'm out on that. Uh, but Penske all the way. I'm going with Logano and Blaney. And who the hell knows? Maybe I'll last minute throw a little Keselowski action on. Probably not. So those are the reasons, and that's what gambling's all about. It's about... I, 
dissecting what you have in front of you and then also some of the, the signs from above. So we'll see. A couple other guys that I'll just throw in here. I mean, Chase Elliott, I don't think that he's that strong so far this week um, here on Friday. He's going off at plus 2,000, though. And you're not going to get Chase Elliott probably for the rest of the year at plus 2,000. So for me, that's just a, hey, you know, kind of a freebie. Maybe I'll, I'll throw something on that I most likely will, uh, just because that is so rare to see. And it just feels like you could wake up Sunday morning brushing off your hangover and you go to the NASCAR app and you see, you remember that Chase Elliott won the race and you see the images of him. Uh, just feels like perfect for NASCAR. In addition to that, at the Daytona 500, I saw an interview uh, on Barstool with Blaney and Chase together, and they were asking them about the best races and um, about the, how the 500 is so great. And Chase actually stepped up and said, I, I, not so fast. I think the Bristol night race is actually um, one of the best ones. So you could tell in his voice, like that's something that really means a lot to him. So you never know. I mean, this could be something that he's really trying to put on his resume. The other guy that I'll just mention is Eric Jones. We saw the news that happened this week. I mean, he's been fighting for his job pretty much ever since Hamlin won the 500 because Christopher Bell is coming up and they're trying to find a spot for him with playing musical chairs over there at Gibbs and they really don't know where to put him. So once Hamlin won and started doing well this season, then everybody's eyes went down the roster to Eric Jones, trying to say that he hasn't really performed. And he's been he's been racing his butt off, trying his damnedest, and they just extended him. So he's got another year, a little bit of a, a stay of execution there for him in the 20 car. So my mindset, you either go two different ways with this. One He's now comfortable, and he doesn't have to race his tail off. Or two, now he's comfortable, and he can go do what he knows he can do. And I'm going to go with the positive. I'm more of a glass-half-full guy, so I'm going to go with the fact that Eric Jones has the pressure off of him now of the contract extension. He's going to go out and, and try to do something. And he's, he's been strong so far this weekend, strong in practice, um, he qualified well, and he's going off at plus 2,000, just like Elliot and Blaney. So I'm a big underdog money line, big money line guy this week when we're talking about odds to win. Now we'll switch gears and we're going to go to the top 10 money line picks. And when I'm looking at the list, I mean, it just hits you right in the face. The fact that Kyle Busch, his money line to finish in the top 10 is minus 625. What type of lunatic do you have to be to put money on that bet. I would love to meet the person who puts a bet in for Kyle Busch to finish top 10, 625. I mean, minus 620. That is an asinine bet. And it's not that I don't think Kyle Busch is going to finish in the top 10. Probably, most likely, obviously, he will. But it's that what if, you know what I mean? Like that value is just horrible. So if you make that bet, you're going to have to put a lot of money up in order to get something out of it. And if that one thing happens to put him in the wall, put him out of the race, I mean, that is just just lunacy. So that hits you right in the face when you're looking at the top 10 money line. I scrolled down and immediately you start to see some value early on. Now, I'm talking about guys like Kurt Busch, minus 167, and I'm seeing Chase Elliott, minus 118. I mean, that's just about even. 
Um, so I would put money on those guys to finish in the top 10 for sure. Now, the one guy that I would focus on is Matt DiBettadeno. Okay, he's going off at plus 350 to finish in the top 10. His speed has been very, very good in practice, and he was the top of the charts in the second practice. His averages were top five. The 95 car is on fire, and we just talked about how Eric Jones signed a contract extension. Well, this is the butterfly effect in NASCAR. This is the the silly season at its peak. So because the 20 car is locked up, Gibbs needs to find a home for Christopher Bell. And because the 95 with uh, Levine Family Racing is a satellite of the Gibbs team, he's the odd man out. And it just came out this week that DeBetadeno has lost his ride for next year. Christopher Bell will be riding the 95. That is a damn shame for a really good guy and a driver who's been busting his ass all year long just to have this happen to him. So I like to think that good things happen to good people, and I would imagine that he's going to be driving the wheels off of this 95 this week. He's already doing it in practice, and I'm taking him plus 350 to finish in the top 10. Practice is different than the race. We've seen that, but we's, and, and anything can happen with you get all those cars out there in such a tight space. Fastest half mile, the great last Coliseum, all the cliches. Random stuff is going to happen out there, and there's going to be tempers flaring. But I think DeBetadeno, he has shown earlier this year that he has the ability to race up front, race in the top 10, even the top five at one point. So put your money on him to finish in the top 10. The other guy that I would say, sometimes I just like to you know, bet on people that are complete long shots, and um, I like to bet on people who obviously aren't going to be racing for the win, but when it comes to the top 10, you know, maybe they have a shot at it. And Bristol is one of those races where at the end you look at the top 10 and there's a few guys that may sneak in there. You're like, wow, how did they get up there? Bubba Wallace, he's plus 550. I saw the thing earlier this week where he got the tattoo of Richard Petty. Uh, He got 43,000 retweets. He said, uh, if I get that many, I'll, I'll get a tattoo of Richard Petty's signature on my body. And he got it. And they were making a big deal about it. I think that's pretty cool. So he's my guy this week. And I'm just saying, hey, you know, take a flyer on him and let's see what happens. See if he can cash in for some uh, underdog money here for the top 10. So now we'll move on to arguably the the favorite section of the podcast. And that's the head-to-head matchups. We love taking a look at driver versus driver, putting those bets in. They are exciting because when your guys that you bet on to win are out, you still have the matchup bets out there. So the first one that I have listed on my sports book is Kevin Harvick versus Joey Logano, both at minus 115, so dead even. To me, that's a no-brainer. I'm going Joey Logano for all of the reasons I listed earlier. I mean, it just seems like Logano has the racetrack at his disposal this week, and Harvick, like I said, he's he's just okay, not uh, like he was last weekend. So I'm going Logano over that, especially with those even odds, it just makes total sense to go with the guy who is performing better so far this weekend. Then we're going to take a, a look at some of these others. Now, Kyle Bush, I was dying to take Kyle Bush versus Martin Truex because Truex got me last week at Michigan against Kyle, and he's taken the season lead 12 to 11 
over Kyle on the year. I wanted that head-to-head matchup this week, but Kyle Busch, he's usually in a ton of these head-to-head matchups, but I guess it just doesn't make sense for the sports books to put him out there because he's such a heavy favorite overall. And even the couple that he's in, I mean, he's minus 200 um, against, let's see who he's going up against. Who do I have? Against Kevin Harvick, he's minus 200. Harvick is plus 150. Um, And then Joey Logano, plus 150, same odds as Harvick, plus 150 against minus 200. So those are uh, the only two bets that I see Kyle Busch in, and that has to be the reason. It's just heavy favorite. Now, if you're taking the mentality that we took earlier that Kyle could wreck out, maybe worth taking those head-to-head matchups, but I'm avoiding them. I'm avoiding the head-to-head matchups for Kyle Busch. I'm seeing a lot of matchups that are even money line, so a lot of dead on, minus 115 for each of them, and I like it because I think that there's some opportunity here for us to cash in. So I'm seeing Kyle Larson versus Martin Truex Jr. These are two guys that I was talking about in the win money line segment. They have a similar situation going down this weekend. They haven't had the history there that you'd expect out of these two top-notch drivers. They haven't really practiced that well, but they qualified well. And it makes total sense for these two to be going head-to-head against each other, both minus 115. And I am going to be taking Kyle Larson. I think Kyle is desperate, and I think that he is going to be really busting his butt this weekend to try to prove things to himself out there and starting on the outside pole. I like it over Truex, who has struggled on short tracks. Then we come up against a head-to-head matchup that is currently even. They're both minus 115 at the moment, and that's Brad Kozlowski versus Denny Hamlin. This has to change. If you're able to get this with uh, even odds right now, minus 115 for each of them, take Denny Hamlin to the bank over Brad Kozlowski. Those lines are going to change, I'm sure, by the time the green flag waves. You have to take Denny Hamlin over the two car. Hamlin has everything put together so far this weekend. And like we said, Kozlowski just, he's mid-pack on everything. Why they are even is beyond me. Someone's not paying attention. You have to get the value while you can. That's why we're doing this. Next, I see an interesting one, and that is two guys that we haven't talked about at all on this podcast yet. And that's Jimmy Johnson versus William Byron. They're both going off at minus 115, so they're exactly the same value no matter who you pick, and I am going to go with Jimmy Johnson. Now, I know Johnson qualified poorly. He's starting 30th, but Byron is starting 21st, and if you're looking at what they've done so far today as far as practice is concerned, they have been next to each other all through the practices. doesn't matter whether it's straight one lap practice times that you see on the the charts on the nascar.com instagram page or if it's five lap 10 lap averages these two have been near each other it's right around 10th overall or 10 to about 15 they've been next to each other all day and i'm going jimmy johnson for the following reasons one he's the best driver historically here now i know that those stats are referring to the the good old days with the 48 team and you know, Canals was there and Jimmy was in his prime. And I know that he's on the downslide of his career, but 
it's still Jimmy Johnson. You don't forget how to drive around a racetrack. I mean, once you figure it out, it, you know, it has to be like riding a bike. So he knows what he's doing. He's got history on his side. Second, after last weekend and the week before, he is desperate. He's now outside of the playoffs. He's got to do something. The pressure is starting to build. And I would imagine that he's going to be doing everything possible at a racetrack where he's going to be able to assert his will. If there's somebody in front of him that he needs out of the way, he has the ability to move them. It's one of those racetracks. And I think Johnson has that mentality and that clout that he would actually do that. Let's flip it around. William Byron has proven absolutely nothing to me. He has done nothing that would shock you, nothing to say, oh, wow, William Byron, yeah, maybe I'll take him in a head-to-head matchup. No thanks. Now, I know he's got Chad Knauss as a crew chief. We talked about it last week. We said in the head-to-head matchup that he had last week versus Alex Bowman, we said, starting up top, let's see if he can do it. Well, he couldn't. He did not perform like he really should be at this point in his career. So I'm sticking with Jimmy Johnson. It just makes all the sense in the world that this guy would come and perform under the bright lights when he needs it most. He needs a points race. He's going to be driving to get into the playoffs right now, so he's not putting himself in position later in these last two races where he needs to win because obviously that team can't. So he needs to point himself in. I think he's going to box out William Byron in this head-to-head matchup and, and win that for us, anybody that's betting on the forty-eight. Now, I got a couple underdogs here before we close it out with a completely random one. And the first one that I have here is Brad Kozlowski versus Ryan Blaney. Kozlowski is the favorite. He's minus 148, taking on Blaney, who's plus 100. I'm going to go Blaney here all day. It's for the reasons we mentioned earlier. He's been fast, second practice. He completely dominated. Now, the only thing that I didn't mention earlier when it came to Blaney was a little bit of a weird moment at the end he actually caused a red flag at practice in the second one where he lost his power steering in the car and almost went into the wall snapped his arm around and came out holding his right shoulder very gingerly and uh, he said he was okay seems like a tough cat so you have to kind of believe him Um, so if there was any skepticism on Blaney and the 12 team at all it would be because of that but I'm still gonna ride it just like I saw in the first two practices, him being very strong. And I think that's a good underdog pick if you're going to you know, look for those. Blaney over Kozlowski at plus 100. Then another plus 100 pick I have would be Eric Jones versus Kurt Busch. So we talked about both of these guys in the money line picks. Jones more of a, an outsider to win the race. But I think head-to-head versus Kurt Busch, that's a really solid matchup. And I'm shocked that it's not really an even matchup. So the fact that I'm getting value there for the 20 over the one car, I'm going to go with it. I'm, I'm kind of banking on the fact that the Brush brothers are not going to do what everyone thinks they're going to do, and they're going to have a, a down race um, with a lot of my bets here this week. So we'll see if they can prove me wrong. But Eric Jones is who I'm going to go with for that underdog pick. Then we're going to close it out with a complete random uh, matchup. I have no idea how the book's found this one and even put it together, but it's Eric Almarola versus Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And these guys are both going off at the same minus 115, um, so so dead even. And I have no idea why, but I'm going to go with Ricky Stenhouse on this one. Almarola is going off fifth, Stenhouse 15th. It just feels like uh, a day that Stenhouse is going to do some things that pisses a lot of people off, but it ends up putting him in good position at the end. Almarola is another one this year. 
he has not done what he really needs to do day in and day out, and I'm, I'm just not seeing it out of him. So these guys that I just can't trust, I'm not going to put my money in. So I'm going to go with Stenhouse. Now, as I say that, I'm saying that I'm going to throw my money on Ricky Stenhouse, which is uh, pretty crazy. But like I said, this is a random one and kind of a shot in the dark, and we'll see what sticks. Try to maybe parlay him into you know a couple of these others and get a little value going there. So that's going to do it for the head-to-head portion of the podcast, and we're going to close it out here. And we're going to, once again... Talk about ways that we can make gambling on NASCAR better, different ideas for bets. In this case, it's going to be something that the sports books could put together for us to bet on at the beginning of the season. So what kind of got me thinking about this was it's getting to be college football and NFL season, and I'm seeing a lot of the future bets for those things out there. And I'm thinking, well, all I've ever seen with NASCAR is odds to win the championship, which is great, but... With these other sports, I see a lot of different types of future bets. In Big Ten, you know, you can bet on who's going to win the, the Big Ten East division. So I don't understand why NASCAR sports books don't have the ability to bet on whether or not a driver is going to make the playoffs. Now, you'd have to think this one through. Obviously, you're not going to, if you're a book, you're not going to include people like Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex, Brad Keselowski in those bets because they'll lose money. Because most likely, with unless something crazy happens, like an injury, those guys are going to make the playoffs year in and year out. But if you start talking about guys like Elliott, Kurt Busch, Blaney, Bowman, Almarola, Byron, Larson, Jones, Newman, Boyer, Suarez, Johnson, Menard, Stenhouse, Dillon. There's some value there, and there's some interesting bets that could be made there. And, and just think about it like we're looking at the bubble today. I mean, imagine, and, and when I say future, I mean you should still currently you know, make those bets at the beginning of the season, but As we stand right now, I should be able to bet on whether or not Jimmy Johnson or Clint Boyer is going to make the playoffs. That keeps everybody engaged. If you bet on Kyle Busch to win the championship in February, you're kind of, you know, waiting around right now. But if you have the ability to say, hey, I made my bet on Kyle to win, but I'd like to take a bet on Daniel Suarez sneaking in right now. You'd have updated odds depending on where the standings are right now and the tracks that are coming up. And it keeps everybody interested, and it's a way to just make this sport more intriguing for those people out there who are throwing their money around on other sports. You have people out there who are betting which teams are going to be in the Conference USA Championship in college football. Why can't we have something like this? It just doesn't make sense. And I think there's a real benefit on both sides to including that down the road. So hopefully someone's listening, like we said last week. If anybody out there is listening, throw it in the bank. You don't have to uh, credit me on that. Just, you know, make it happen, all right? We'd all really appreciate it. So that's going to do it for another episode of Full Tank with Phil. Good luck this week at Bristol. Take what we talked about this week and go out there and make some money. And remember, you can't win if you don't play. We'll see you next time.